You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. God's like, I, I paid the price. I've already paid for your meal. Mm-hmm. I already paid for your whole, your future. Yeah. Like you, you were going to come out of this with no student loan debt from learning how to behave right. as a good follower of Christ. And then we constantly show up thinking we're going to pay the debt. Yeah. Right. Like, ooh, ooh, hold on. What do I got on me? Like, God, I'm going to pay for this. You can't buy your way into heaven. Well, it goes back till you feel like you need to earn it. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Because it's been burning since I heard it yesterday. And it's totally unrelated. But I was listening to this guy talk. And he said that in order for a seed to grow, it has to die. Yeah. And I've been talking about that for like three weeks. Have now. you? Okay. Mm-hmm. So he said, within you is a seed of your calling. Mm-hmm. But your calling is your assignment that God has called you to in your life. Mm -hmm. But he said, you can't fulfill that calling unless you're willing to let that seed die and God make it flourish. Yeah. Mm. Otherwise it'll be be an idol. Yes. He said that God will not compete for your affection with his assignment that he's put over your life instead of you. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? Yeah. That's like your talents. If you give them to him <coughs> completely, he'll give them back to you. Absolutely. In a measure. <laughs> you can't. Am, am I boring you? No. God will give your, your giftings and callings back to you with glory. Yeah. You'll get to walk in his. So the children of Israel, you know, traveling through the 40 years under the glory their clothes didn't fade. They didn't fall apart. They didn't starve. Like, they didn't age. Right. The The reason that this guy was talking about this topic is he said, you have to be like, God wants you to get to a point where all you want is Jesus. And what he chooses to do with you at the end of the day is really up to him. Mm-hmm. But that you have to be okay with it's just you and your family and Jesus, and that's enough. And you have to die to self, and you have to die to all of those things, and then he will crack open that seed inside of you and allow it to flourish. Yeah. But until you're able to do that, you won't see the growth and the success in that area that you could if you were willing to die to it. Yeah. All of that. I believe it because you, a lot of the times they'll get something from God and then they'll hold on to it so tight and think like, why is this not happening right now? Like, mm-hmm. why is this not happening overnight? Why am I not being aligned right now? Why is this? Why, why, like, why, 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 why? They hold the gift through the wilderness. You, you hold the gift in a higher <laughs> regard than you hold the gift giver. Yeah. You start to identify through it instead of through him. Yeah. And you're like, I went through that. Well, and then when you go, when you it, when it doesn't drop immediately, mm-hmm. when you don't get it immediately, then you're like, "Well, what did I do wrong, Lord?" And you, who are you, who am I then? Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want me to have it anymore. This, this yeah. morning, Pastor Lynette said something. Um, she was making a joke about me and how my personality. She she said something to the order of, "You know, Joe, he just always has assumed everybody just loves him, mm-hmm. and he just talks to everybody, and mm-hmm. he and." Um, 
that grew out of a seed that went into me and died. Mm-hmm. So I got delivered, set free. I had like three years in the wilderness, like Paul. Paul didn't just go right from being a Pharisee right into the ministry of Paul. He went from the blindness of Saul on the road to Damascus into the um, deliverance and awakening through Ananias giving his sight back, which Mm -hmm. is an argument in itself, like he didn't want to go. So then the man of God goes and ministers to him, and then he spent three years in the Arabian desert walking with the Spirit of Jesus. And he got delivered and reprogrammed and equipped. That's why I always say when people get set free or delivered or whatever, don't just go right back into your community with your friends group until you've found that you're in a place of exousia, authority. When, when they marveled at Jesus, they marveled because he walked in power and authority, two different things. Mm-hmm. So exousia... The Greek word for authority, you're you're walking in a in a place where all spiritual realms, principalities, powers acknowledge you. Mm-hmm. Power, you have the ability to command things, healing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a difference there. So Paul had to be in a place where when he came out of that, Peter said. This man knows Jesus better than I. And, and uh, Peter walked with Jesus physically for three years. Mm-hmm. When we have this situation where we get delivered from something, I had that time where I was constantly trying to serve and submit under certain ministries where that was so foreign to me mm-hmm. because I thought all ministers were wrong. <coughs> there was such a... a, a a demonic Jezebel type spirit mm-hmm. for so long that would put me in a position where I could see fault in every man in their service. Mm-hmm. Which which is easy to do, by the way, if you're looking for it. All it is is the truth out of context. The truth is that there is fault in every man. We mm-hmm. all fall short daily, right? Yeah. But the truth of the matter is in context that God uses those those faulted people and exalts them and brings them from glory to glory because if he didn't use faulted people then we'd fall in love with the talented guy mm-hmm. so you know what, what he does he could take somebody that's not really particularly good at anything but they they're they step out and now all of a, because all of a sudden because they've grown in boldness He's using them all the time, and they get this huge platform. Do you know what's interesting? While you were talking, I've even said it on the podcast. Because you talk a lot about, like, power and authority. And I'm always like, I don't, but I don't want that. I just want me and Jesus, you know? But that's kind of a cop-out. Because you don't get to choose. You can't. You don't get to choose. Like, he's called you up higher, and with that, it comes, it's a package deal. Yeah, you can't have you're, them without it. You're yeah. you're a target. And we're called to be like kings and priests. You know. Think about this. It's just you and Jesus. Mhm. And the gift he gave you, right? Yeah. 
So now you you go in and you're worshiping God in front of 500 people, mm-hmm. right? And everything's amazing. The power of God moves. The anointings on the music where people are experiencing deliverance and freedom. And then you walk out and you're assessing the situation in the flesh, which we all do. So now all of a sudden you're like, wow, I was just a part of that. And then the enemy handpicks four people at different strategic points to approach you and tell you what you did wrong. (laughs) Now, it's just you and Jesus. That's literally happened. It's just you and Jesus in this friendship. Mm -hmm. And you're not walking in power and authority. So you don't, power comes from from understanding who you are in Christ. Authority comes from who Christ is in you through his word, mm-hmm. right? So now all of a sudden, you're not walking in power and authority, so you don't know who you are in Christ or He is who he is in you because you have a poor diet of the word or maybe you have an okay diet of the word, but you don't apply it to your life. So you cannot... You cannot show up to that spiritual battle with fleshly weapons. So your intellect will be like, you got to defend yourself. But if you're an authority and you are a meek person, you'll understand that you you have been placed there by God. And no matter what they said of what they thought was wrong, there's still 499 other people that were in that room that were touched by mm-hmm. the presence of God on what you were doing because it was anointed. But do you know how many people want to just have wholeness for them and their family and mm-hmm. they have no desire to engage in any sort of warfare or yeah. any sort of battle? In fact, they'll avoid it mm-hmm. at all costs. It'll meet them. And they're like, but that's, I don't want all that. <laughs> I don't want all that. I don't want the struggle. I yeah, just nobody- want wholeness and peace and prosperity and all the fruits of the spirit and I get that you're telling me that I have power and authority, but like, mm, for what? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I have my thing and my family is doing really well right now. And I think that's a very self-centered in that. And I've, I've been guilty of having that mindset to a certain degree. And I, it's been brought to my attention through the Holy Spirit that that's a very self-centered gospel. Jesus yeah. is not at the center of it. Well, you, I, he, Jesus said, I'll give you back yeah. a hundredfold what you lose with persecutions. Mm-hmm. And he's, he said, pick up your cross and follow me, which means you have a cross similar to his, mm-hmm. like the, the, the whole thing. So what happens is when we fall into those traps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one, it's, it's a lack of confidence and when we when we realize who we are in Christ, you automatically have to walk in a confidence. You're marked. Mm-hmm. So a lot of oftentimes what happens is people look to be governed. Yeah. And what happens with government is they stand between you and your destiny. Mm-hmm. Right? You can only get there through them. So you you agree to be governed by their bylaws and their standard. And now all of a sudden when you hit a place of like maturity where you're like, wait a minute, there's more, mm-hmm. you're locked to that contractual contractual agreement that you entered into. Mm. We, we can't afford to do so. And if you think you're going to make it through, eke through life without conflict, we've seen people that that's happened to. 
mm-hmm. where they had a pretty easy, easy, like even keeled Christian walk from, you know, a kid all the way up into their 60s, 70s. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, they've had perfect health their whole life and they get a diagnosis of stage five, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to do anything because they've never prayed about anything. Right. They don't know how to stand in spiritual warfare. They they don't they don't understand like time is not on their side now. And and the scripture says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So mm-hmm. if you haven't been completely immersed in that, and you can't be immersed in the word of God in a heart posture and not come out of it a giant slayer. Mm-hmm. Right? You could you could be analytical and just read the word of God. But if you're intellectually converted to Christ, right. that's temporary until a better argument comes along. In a, yeah, a lot of them guys end up being warriors anyway because they, mm-hmm. they learn to argue all the time. <laughs> like they, even though they don't have the power behind the word, they have the word which yeah. was written in power. So then they're, they're constantly finding the gaps of where you're taking it out of context. So either way, they're going to be better than in a fight. They're going to be better than somebody that that just does not have any desire for life application mm-hmm. of the scripture. The thing that I was going to share with you earlier, which God gave me in service today, and I thought it was a word for the church. So in James one, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whoever, whoever whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Right here is where God stopped me. Mm-hmm. And my mind immediately in temptations went to mine. Right? So the things I've been That's through, what we all do. Yeah. past experiences, and he stopped me and he showed me sometimes various temptations. If, like me, I'm not in a place where I'm going to fall to that. Mm-hmm. Like you've said it before on here that if I did that, somebody would see me walking out a quick trip with liquor and I'd have to move out of the state. 100%. Because there's too many people that know that I've been delivered. Is that Joe me, in his Yeshua shirt? Yeah, <laughs> cheering. So, <laughs> consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. All of a sudden, that's where he stopped me because I went immediately to my temptations. And he was like, sometimes temptations is is more or less lending an, an open ear to others' offenses. Mm. Somebody's got a grievance in the body of Christ. Somebody's got a an irritation about something in the church. And we're tempted to hear that out, but we're not in the right posture to mitigate that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be responsible for it. Right? But yeah. more often than not. So he's <laughs> he's like showing me this, and I'm reading it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, that, that's that's pretty intense. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance. God doesn't <laughs> tempt us. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance. It says, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. So we fall in. 
when do you fall when you're not watching your step? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're like conscious. Or when you're wearing like, the wrong shoes. Yeah. When, <laughs> when not, your feet aren't shod in the in gospel. The, gospel of the preparation. Yeah. When, when I'm conscious of like what I'm walking on, if I'm walking across a wide open concrete room where I know the floor is level, I'm, I'm not falling there. Sometimes you think it's level. Right. And then you hit that one spot in the sanctuary. <laughs> Every time. Especially yeah, or, if I'm wearing my Vans. Or, or your Adidas shell toes for some reason, the rubber toe Every hooks. time. Yeah. So, so the, the, a piece that I want to rewind back a little bit is when you do get into that, like, where you're hearing somebody's something at church, right? And you just don't want to hear. Well, you're tempted to hear it, but like Chrissy said, like I just want to run the other way. Mm-hmm. What is a good method to when you? Because I've been in these situations, and I don't know how to get out of the situation. Oh. So what's a good example? Because for example, what I want to do is when people start like talking like stuff I don't want to be around. I want to hear. I like in my brain. I'm like I'm doing Joseph, and I'm running yeah. out of the sanctuary. But I just listen and like I don't. You're talking Joseph at Potiphar's wife. Yeah. Like, yes. Do or this he ran. Or, I'll, or they'll. I'll say not, they did it not anyway. this Joseph yeah. here. So, I'm like, hold that thought. And then I hightail it in the other direction. You say, hold I that had, thought. I, I a, just walk away. No, I don't. I had <laughs> See, I want like, I want practical stuff right now because I know people struggle in those situations. Literally, I want to close my ears and do the la 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 la. la. (laughs) So basically, you have to like dust off, dig out and dust off conflict resolution, but according to the word, right? Yeah. So the word says you don't even engage that. Well, so you're already engaged though. You're already engaged. Like, that's the part that I'm trying to figure out how we can stop it once you're fully engaged because you don't know what people are going to say. So, if somebody brings a complaint, right? And they're like, hey, I want to run this by you because so and so really offended me today. The first thing, this is probably one of the more powerful things that I was taught, even in the professional world, is number one, assume benign intent. When you assume benign intent, meaning, the intent was not malicious that it was probably just poor wording or an oversight on the other person. You're talking the person, the person that offended them. Okay. You assume that their intentions are benign and not malicious. That is very freeing in and of itself as a human on earth. If you assume benign intent with anybody that approaches you, that's immediately helpful. So first of all, we're going to give the benefit of the doubt. Number one. Number two, I know you want to spill your guts to me right now. And I can tell that. But I have to ask you first, have you talked to that person? Yep. Because if you have yet to talk to that person and talk to God about it, you should not be coming to me. Mm-hmm. This is where you get biblical. Yeah. Because you would say, I will lend you my, my service to come with you. Yeah. As a witness, not not a witness that's going to testify against them, but just like the rock that Joshua put outside the city to 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 take record of what was going on, you're going there to listen to make sure that you're going to you're going to even out any confusion in in conversation. And you have to do that early enough. Mhm. Because if you don't the person venting to you plus the person they're venting about when you do get in that conversation 
there's going to be a sensation, a, a perception of bias. Because you already know the whole story through that other person's eyes. So ideally, you cut it off early and say, yep. I know you want to talk to me about this. And I, I understand that you're hurting or going through something at the moment. But we have to handle it right. And it would be unfair to the other person if we didn't get around a table together right now as brothers and sisters and discuss it as a group rather than you trying to get it off. If you need to get it off your chest right now, the altar's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The altar is right there. Yeah. But let's set up time and let's not ambush the other person either. Right. The body of Christ needs to get a backbone. This this conversation is uncomfortable for most people. A hundred percent. They're uncomfortable with the idea of I might have to say, hold on. I know you're about to say something. Just wait, though, because we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Yes. What's wrong with saying that? There's nothing wrong with saying that. The only person that gets offended in that is the spirit of Jezebel. Mm-hmm. When we withhold from correcting uh, conversation conflict in the body of Christ— our whole ministry is based off of how we communicate. And the, the gospel. you may get met with a reaction. And that's fine. And that is fine. And you have to say, I understand that you're frustrated, and but we have to go about this the right way. But who better, to, to. Who better to, to have a reaction bounced off them than somebody that's filled with the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good, though, like if you're in your feelings. No. It doesn't feel good to have somebody react negatively. No, and you'll probably feel ambushed when it happens. Yeah. Um, there's, there's been times where I, I wanted to crawl out of my skin just listening to what was being said. And I knew that it was grievous to the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know how to resolve the conflict. With I, I would always show up to a spiritual battle with physical weapons. Like mm-hmm. here, here I am to a, a spiritual realm situation and I brought a 800-pound broadsword I can barely lift. And I'm going to plan on swinging that. Can I also say it really quick? It is unfair and um, uncouth, okay, for us to ambush people via written message. Mm. So if you're in the body of Christ and you have a grievance, it is not right to write it all up in an email or a Facebook message or a text message and just blast it to somebody. The right thing to do would be to say, do you have a few minutes after service on Sunday? I need to talk. Something like that. The right thing to do is to say, we need to chat. And if you receive a message like that, the best thing to do is say, hey, I haven't had time to read your whole message, but it looks like you probably need to talk. So why don't we talk on Sunday after church or whatever Mm -hmm. and you just say and then and don't read it skim it and like get the idea but the best thing you can do is say i haven't read your whole message but i can tell that you need to talk so let's the best place to do this is face to face so much you could have the best intent of what you write back to that person and if they're not seeing with the right eyes they're gonna understand that completely wrong Mm mm-hmm and they're going to, whatever oh. evil spirit is at work there yeah. is going to twist yeah. and yep. and turn your words and either reinforce behavior that you didn't intend to reinforce mm-hmm. or 
it's going to cause another seed to be planted of, of disagreement, you know? So you have to, it's hard though, but as <laughs> this is like street smarts as any, any situation, not just church, but it's not right to blindside people with an 85 paragraph message. Something you've, you've thought on for months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a situation at lunch today where I was actually on, I was the, I was the problem. Were you? I was. And it, and that's why like all this is like stirring in my head because a lot of the times, even the people that are the problem, they may not, that whole thing with benign intent, they may not have been doing it on purpose. No, most of the time they're not. <laughs> but like literally sitting at lunch today and I was giving information out um, about like a certain situation where all of a sudden after I gave it out, I was like, Holy Spirit was just like, you're do you're gossip like that. Like I didn't intentionally gossip, but it was gossip because I was hearing it was like a game of telephone. Mm. And I heard it from another person, and then I, f- I gave it to him. And, like, if any part of that was not true, because none of it was from the source, that's how rumors get started. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, there was just, like, a, a lot there. And I literally went back to all of this when I was in the pizza buffet line, like, was going through my mind. Can you imagine? <laughs> I love that because I looked at you at one point and you're like doe-eyed and I'm like, I wonder if she's going to get the kind of pineapple on it. (laughs) And like, that's what you think people are thinking about. Right. And really they're like digging deep. I was digging way deep Mm -hmm. to the point where I, when I got back to the table, I took him and his wife and I was like, I need to apologize because what I just did there was like completely not right because I don't even know if that's truth. Like it might not even be truth. Right. And he was like, oh, okay. Like I, I, yeah. Like he like was very receptive of it, right? But those slopes are slippery, man. They You're are. down it before you even realize. Yeah, that's yeah. What, that's why scripture says to be vigilant. Yeah, like we we have to be sharp. If you're dull, and if you're some dull, of you are. <laughs> and there's oftentimes some of throughout us are. the day, I'm pretty dull. Yeah, because my my heart is to to see people like. My brain, my heart, my soul, my eyes see everybody as a potential Billy Graham. Yeah. Not not me speaking to them like Billy Graham. Like, if we get that person saved, they could be the next yeah. whoever. Yeah. Reinar Bonnke. Right. Right? So if I have a hand in furthering God's kingdom, that might literally bring somebody into a place of... of, of an office or, or a platform that I may never see, but at least God will get them there and, and souls will be saved. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest problem. Most people that fall into these issues have lost sight of souls. Yes. I will say too, you, you have to be responsible for what's put in front of you. And like you said, the church needs a backbone. I agree. I mean, there's, there's a lot of crucial conversations that have been skimmed over for a long time. And like, if you ever need help having a crucial conversation, I'll help you out, girl. I mean, I say that I want to like run the other way, but I also have like, I've been in some not so like long ago where it just kind of happened. 
in front of me and I became that unbiased third person in that moment. And you have to have these crucial conversations. Yeah, and that but, was fun because you just kind of irritated everybody. I know, were, and then I get to walk right. away. And then I get to walk away and I don't know skin off my nose. But it, truly though, what I was about to say is you have to be responsible in that position as well. Yeah. And yes, have a backbone, but don't be antagonistic. And you have to be, if you're going to deliver a corrective word, you better be in the spirit. In love. Because that person's blood also is on your hands. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that, that Heidi leans heavily into that. I feel like she's very empathetic. And she's like, I don't want to say or do the wrong thing. And I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Right. And cause a bigger problem than there was in the first place. The biggest thing is the longer you allow a spirit of dissensions. Yeah. Right? So we're supposed to watch out for our discernment here. And everybody uses their discernment on people. Well, Scripture doesn't say yeah. discern people. It says discern spirits. Right. Prophecy comes. You test the spirits behind the prophecy. What spirit are you of? Like, yeah. is it the Holy Spirit or is it uh, self-gratifying? Is it um, self-promoting or is it self-sabotage? manipulating yeah Derek prince said when god spoke to him about witchcraft in the church heidi and i were just talking about this he said it opened his his mind and he was actually afraid of being wrong and, and he said god showed him that witchcraft by definition is any spirit used to gain power over another besides the holy spirit yeah so if it's manipulation, yep. if it's control, mm -hmm. if it's comfort, yep. those are all forms of witchcraft in the right process. That's why you have to be so careful in music ministry. I say it over and over. The spirit of rebellion as, is as of the spirit of witchcraft. Yeah. You know, there's, they're, they're not multitaskers, but there's a fine line in between them. We, we have to fall in love with people. Yes, you do. And in doing so, there's going to be people that are frequent flyers dude come come to a meeting with heidi and i like mm. come to come come to the altar <laughs> I'm in the come to the altar <laughs> i can't tell you how many times we go to altars with people that don't know us and then they prophesy you are gonna have a church full of the unwanted <laughs> you are gonna have a church your your ministry is for the ones that are neglected the or, misfits yes yeah we so I've had people like really upset about like same sex marriage and yeah. stuff like that. And they'll come to me and they'll, Oh, how do you correct them? You fall in love with them first because yeah. if I really love you and I'm like, Hey, Hey, wait, what, what you're doing is going to cause self harm. Yeah. What you're doing right now is going to cause eternal harm to your spirit, man. You'll be able to sense if I care or not. You might get mad at me. You might get really upset that I'm coming against your entitlements, but you're going to walk away and be like, wow, like he really meant that. All of this really, especially in the church world, it needs to be addressed because all of the infighting yeah. is souls lost. Hey, so like there's an equal sign there. God showed me you know? something the other day. Sometimes we encounter people and we want to bring them deliverance and the reaction we get is not a great, like we know we're drawn to them through the Holy Spirit because they're ready for deliverance. 
But then we get thrown off because we're like, wait a minute, God, you called me here for deliverance and they're fighting me. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't want to get somebody delivered that that doesn't want to be delivered because Jesus said, you'll come back and they'll they'll invite the thing in with seven spirits stronger than themselves and you'll find the man in worse condition than you found him in the first place. Right. But we need to get to a place of discernment where we realize that this captive has been indoctrinated with these beliefs of the very thing that was leading them to judgment. (coughs) And now they think they're doing right by fighting for it. Yeah. They've become a a front lines military force with a cause for this thing that was, was their trap. Yeah. You know, that took them hostage a week ago, a month ago, 10 years ago. Right. That's good. Um, So you got like, it's been kind of about, you know, conflict resolution ended up kind of is kind of where end up going here um in first corinthians 1 10 it says now i plead with you brethren by the name of our lord jesus christ that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Mm -hmm. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? (coughs) Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the house of Stephanas. Yeah. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with word, wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. And just all of this conflict and, and contentions and, and resolution and that kind of stuff. If And then we got talking about like, doing things out of love and Mm -hmm. it needs to be done out of the correct spirit and all this kind of stuff. (coughs) There is like, if, if Paul was like speaking this with the, as much contentions as it was back then, like that's still alive, obviously in the church today. Mm -hmm. But what's happening though is because we haven't learned conflict resolution, because we haven't learned to be transparent with each other, because there's backbiting in the church, because there's, people not saying the truth outside of the four walls of the church and just all of these things, people are building up all of these walls and all of these cases, both sides of the street, actually. So if, if you have an issue with a person in a, the church um, and you don't res- like resolve it, you whenever that person comes to you, you automatically have like an attitude. Because you already have like a case built up, right? So if these things don't get resolved, what's happening though is because that those verses right there are still alive in the church today and we're constantly in discord and we're constantly in contentions, there's no unity. And when the power of God hits, it's like perfect unity coming together. Yeah. When everyone is just in complete surrender mm-hmm. and just me and Jesus, that that type of thing, like I don't care, Lord, like let that seed die in me. It's just mm-hmm. that. I think that's why a lot of the power is no longer in the church anymore is because there's zero unity in it. Well, mm-hmm. and I never, I've never had somebody come to me with an issue that has a healthy fasting lifestyle. 
I've never had somebody come to me with conflict that um, has a healthy prayer diet where they're praying in the Holy Spirit like 20 minutes plus a day, mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. Like I never have those. Those people are usually like bent the other way. Like yeah. they're so far into the purpose and the cause of Christ. Like if you can't tell me, you know, your hundred year vision of what God's doing in your life. If you can't tell me your hundred year vision, then don't tell me about the lack in somebody else's vision. You know, if you can't tell me, um, what the last three things that you accomplished that God told you to do was, then I don't know if you're, you're, in a place where you should be able to pass judgment on what somebody is or isn't doing in the church. Sometimes they're too new. Yeah. And they don't know. I will say, I have two scriptures. The one that we were referencing before is Matthew 18, 15 through 17. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. And if he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every act may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even the church, then let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Yeah, it's it's not talking in a sense of like you (laughs) grab your buddies and you go like, hey, you you gotta go confront Bob. Mm -hmm. That's not where it's going. Like those two, three witnesses would, as soon as you came to them, they'd be like, let's pray about this. Let's Let's fast about this. Mm-hmm. And the other one is First Peter 3, 8 through 11. To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Yeah. So you need to, you know, the the one thing that Pastor Tim um, learned the hard way with some of the attacks he went through is God told him, to, it's in Scripture, to make peace with your adversary quickly, lest you be judged in their courtroom. Um, you don't want to... You know, sometimes you just say, if if somebody's not going to make things right, you say, well, I need you to forgive me. Um, I did not mean to cause you to stumble or whatever. And you, you do it in the right heart so that they're not held in that contempt. <coughs> and, oh, I was just going to say really quick. And I'm reminded, too, of the episode that we did a, a little bit ago. But this has been a theme sort of over the last several months, I feel like, with us. Blessed are the peacemakers, Mm -hmm. not those who just maintain the status quo, Mm -hmm. which is a peace sustainer, maybe, or a, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a peacemaker, but a peace... Well, we we said not a peacekeeper. Right, that's the word I was looking for. Somebody's trying to avoid conflict. right. But so the one who makes it, that's not an easy job to right. make peace right. with something. Going back to James, it says, Be assured and understand 
that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play Mm -hmm. and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Mm -hmm. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproach or fault finding and it will be given to him. Only it must be in faith that he asks. No wavering, no hesitating, no doubting, for the one who wavers, hesitates, is like a billowing surge, you know, wave that's cast about in the sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. So if a lot of people use this scripture talking about asking for wisdom. Mm-hmm. This is talking about asking for wisdom in a trial, a tribulation, a temptation. Mm. It's talking about you're asking for wisdom when when you're considering it wholly joyful to to be enveloped in encounter of trials and and sort of fall and or of any sort and fall into various temptations. So you're in trials and temptations and you're supposed to understand that this will help with the proving of your faith and bring endurance. So now you're going to be a long distance runner. You're yeah. you're going to you're not going to burn out. Let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play. Have full play. Like what's your next move? Mhm. Endurance, steadfastness and patience. Oh, you just got hit again. What's your what's your next move? What's yeah. your next play? Endurance, steadfastness, and patience. Let them have full play and do a thorough work because they're going to build your character. Mm-hmm. So that you may be a people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone, everyone liberally and ungrudgingly. So he's not going to he's not going to have regret giving you wisdom. We we don't get a book, well you do, you get the Bible, but you don't get a book of wisdom before you go into the trial and tribulation. Like there's not like a playbook. Mm-hmm. You know, all the people in the Bible didn't have one. Right. right? I think we forget that. Mhm. And they just had to like mm-hmm. blindly trust God. Right. So it says, only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, and doubts is like a billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asked for from the Lord. What was he asking for? Wisdom. Mm. So if you're back and forth and you're not allowing the the steadfastness, patience, and, and endurance, and what is that all based in? That's your relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. So everything goes back to you and him. Like you're you're you have none of that without him. 
you in trial and tribulation, you have no endurance, steadfastness, or patience without being in communication with Jesus. So you're talking about your situation with him constantly. And if you're not in that, it says, for truly not, let not such a person imagine. Like, we're not supposed to let people even think that they can ask for wisdom. Like, dude, you're you're like a back and forth double-minded. You cannot ask God for wisdom like this. Mm-hmm. You need to get back to the basics. You need to get back to the foot of the crosses. You you need to get back to the place where where you seen Jesus as the answer to all your problems and you gave your life to him. Now you're back there. Okay, now we can ask for wisdom. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.